Hello, and welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat News and Review Weekly Podcast. This week's podcast is once again brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. Stop by and check out their fresh in-house baked goods, assortment of drinks, and sandwiches. I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham, and here are this week's top stories. After roughly four years of uncertainty, will the Catskill Creamery make its way onto SUNY Sullivan's campus? SUNY Sullivan President Jake Waynes addressed the uncertain status of the creamery during his president's report at the Board of Trustees meeting on Thursday, March 17th. As previously reported by the Democrat in 2018, the creamery, in partnership with SUNY Sullivan through the Startup New York program, was projected as an investment of more than $9 million and would create at least 56 jobs in a five-year time frame. The original plans called for the creamery to be built on an 18-acre parcel farm on College Road. SUNY Sullivan graduates would have been top contenders for consideration for employment opportunities with the Catskill Creamery Incorporated. However, according to Quaintance, the projected installation of the creamery has an uncertain future and is an ongoing process with many steps still to pass through. He said, quote, Catskill Creamery was the business accepted in the Startup New York program several years ago. At that time, it was an application to participate and be accepted into the program. That's just the first step to becoming a viable business. So far, I think the pandemic really got in the way of things. Quentin said he was in contact with Isaac Gottlieb, principal of the Catskill Creamery Incorporated, who has expressed interest in continuing the process. Moving forward, Quentin's requested updated financial statements and a wastewater treatment program from Gottlieb to ensure the financial funding is adequate, as well as to ensure water sustainability from the potential processing plant. He said, quote, I want to see a strong commitment before we do something like signing a lease that would tie up this chunk of property that potentially could be enticing to another business that would want to participate in the Startup New York program. With the new sustainability program and the work that they've been doing around sustainability, we want to ensure that the business that would be operating there met the same kind of standards that we would want. Currently, there are talks between the two parties on these issues and discussions on leasing the property. In other news, members of the economic development world filled Bernie's Holiday Restaurant in Rock Hill last Thursday to attend a summit hosted by the Sullivan County Partnership for Economic Development. The event featured a panel discussion moderated by Partnership President and CEO Mark Baez, and speakers included Dan DePue of Holt Construction, Anthony Mirando of Cuddy and Fetter, Terry Flood of Crown Castle, John Lavelle of Rand Commercial, Matthew Milnamau of Land Associates, and Town of Liberty Supervisor Frank DeMeo. Baez told attendees, quote, The main reason we're having this breakfast today is that there are things happening in Sullivan County. Projects that started prior to COVID are now ramping up again. But there's kind of this situation where we're getting a lot of pushback on economic development in a lot of communities in the Hudson Valley. And what we really want to do is begin a dialogue. Baez said he selected a diverse panel of speakers in order to have a conversation on what it takes to get projects done in our communities. DeMeo, speaking from a town perspective, emphasized the importance of rateables, rateables, rateables. That's what we need, said DeMeo, to build up our local tax base, create and retain jobs, and hope to diversify our economy. He also touched on the importance of towns generating revenue to keep taxes in check, having existing and proposed infrastructure to support development, having a clear and logical comprehensive plan, and being prepared to deal with possible anti-development sentiment from members of the public. The panel's last speaker was DePue, a former Deputy Sullivan County Manager. He touched on several topics including inflation and the impacts it will likely have on municipalities' budgets in the fall, and how they are already sharing services and likely can't cut anything else from their budgets, leaving only one option of dealing with the increased costs, raising taxes. Nobody in this room wants that, said DePue, so what's the answer? You have to generate more economic development and it needs to begin today. 
because we're already late. I believe the fastest way to get there is listening to the advice of these folks on the panel. Everyone's giving good advice on how to do it. You can't solve the problem all at once. Start with the small things that you can do. I told the supervisor the other day, if you can't change all of your zoning, come up with an overlay that could be applied at the right time to the right property in the right area for the right project and get that overlay zoning in place today. Dubuque concluded by reflecting on his time working in the county. He said while in Sullivan County, it taught him that if they wanted something and recognized the importance of it, they went out and got it done, citing Resorts World Catskills Casino as an example. I don't think there's anyone in this room that doesn't want to reduce their taxes, and I don't think there's anybody in this room that doesn't recognize that diversification is important, said Depew. You can't put all your eggs in one basket. It doesn't work. It's not stable. So let's walk forward as a group committed to taking on our next goal for Sullivan County, and that's diversification of economic development, cleaning up this process so Sullivan County can shine. During their most recent board meeting earlier this month, council members in Mamikating authorized the Sullivan County Industrial Development Agency to enter into a pilot payment in lieu of taxes agreement with Delaware River Solar and Mamikating for the next 20 years. The pilot agreement has been subject to debate over the last few meetings since IDA General Counsel Walter Grigliano and Executive Director Jen Flad put up a presentation about the pilot program. Rich Winter, co-owner of Delaware River Solar, also attended the presentation. Currently, Delaware River Solar is developing a solar field near the Wurtsboro Airport that has been approved by the planning board, and its financial success is dependent on pilot programs that the IDA provides. Proponents say the pilot program will reduce tax uncertainty on local municipalities. Grigliano explained how property taxes work and explained that the property for the proposed solar field is, quote, on the high end. New York State adopted tax exemptions for solar, wind, and farm waste projects in 1977 and updated them in 1995. Typically, Guerrilliano explained, the exemption lasts for 15 years but can be extended to 20 years, and these exemptions are a part of former Governor Andrew Cuomo's Renew Energy Vision initiative to reach 50% of state electricity to be fueled by renewable energy sources by 2030. Currently, Guerrilliano estimates that New York State is halfway to that goal due to these programs. According to Guglano, the benefit is that depending on the territory the project belongs to, Niseg, Orange and Rockland, Central Hudson, the solar farm will be able to make an annual payment instead of the full tax amount to the IDA. The funds will then be distributed to the county, town, and school district. Grigliano estimated a payment of $8,500 per megawatt for the Mamikating Solar Project, and each megawatt generated should power 200 single-family residences. The vote has been tabled until the March 15th meeting and was a subject to concern for some residents. The board was slow to provide a first motion, but the first and second motions were made, and the board approved the IDA pilot program unanimously. Over in the town of Forestburg, their zoning board of appeals gathered for a meeting on Tuesday, at which time a date for an evidentiary hearing was set for mid-May in the continuing process of Lost Lakes holding LLC litigation against the town, its supervisor Dan Hogue, and planning board chair Richard Robbins, both individually and professionally. Litigation was brought against the town of Forestburg by Lost Lakes Holdings LLC and Ms. Konos Maza on May, March 15th following altercations regarding an adopted three-month moratorium on building permits and the alleged misuse of an escrow account set up specifically for Lost Lake. According to the papers filed in the state Supreme Court on February 28th, the developers of Lost Lake Development are suing the town of Forestburg and two town officials over what they claim is the unlawful use and misappropriation of the Lost Lake escrow account. On Tuesday, March 29th, Stephen Barshov of Steve Paget and Riesel, PC, legal representative of the Lost Lakes Holdings, spoke before the ZBA. 
In order for the process to continue, Barshov requested various written items that he claimed to have not received from the ZBA prior. Barshov stated that he wishes to receive the department's staff's response to the petitioner's appeal, which would include permit history, the basis for the department's determination, and issue its findings and recommendations. It was determined that Barshov would receive the items requested by April 11th, and after given time to review them, would respond in turn in the following 10 days. Currently, the hearing is set for Tuesday, May 17th. If necessary, a meeting will be held on April 21st to resolve issues regarding the record and witnesses. Speaking during Resource Day last week, Fallsburg Deputy Supervisor Sean Walcarty said, quote, Let's make sure we do something to get help to people. The event was held at the Lock Sheldrick Firehouse to help those residents who live in Foxcroft Village. Organizations from across the county set up boots for the Foxcroft Village residents and all residents of Fallsburg to offer income-based home repair, weather treatment, heating replacement or repair, food assistance, clothing assistance, and mental health support. For the full story on the resource day, check out today's front page story by reporter photographer Patricio Rabio. That does it for this week's News and Review podcast of the Sullivan County Democrat. Once again, it was brought to you by the good folks at the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. We hope everyone has a safe weekend. We'll catch up with you again next Friday.